Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Thanksgiving, folks, and welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, November 25th, 2021. I am Graham Chiesa Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great holiday. This is the, I think, fifth Thanksgiving in a row that we've done Wrestle Rant Radio on a Thursday. I think. I think we moved the show to Thursdays permanently on 2016, 2017. I forget the year exactly. Making this the fourth or fifth consecutive year that we've done a show on Thanksgiving itself. Spoiler alert, we're not actually recording on Thanksgiving, but I appreciate you guys taking the time, regardless, on the holiday itself, Friday, Black Friday, the weekend following or whenever, to listen to the show. I appreciate it. Uh, Today we're talking all about Survivor Series. Myself and Mr. Marceau, our on-site report from the pay-per-view, being there for the bragging rights uh, between Raw and SmackDown. Our first Survivor Series in Barclays. We had a hell of a time getting there and getting back as far as, like, the travel wasn't bad as far as, like, delays or anything, but it, it, it takes quite a while to get there from where we are in Connecticut, and Mr. Marceau even longer, having driven from Mass to then Connecticut, and then taking a train into New York, and then a subway and a Barclays Center. It's an absolute mess. <laughs> it literally was planes, trains, and, and automobiles. No planes, I guess, but... It was quite it was quite the uh, travel day on Sunday for Survivor Series. So we're talking all about that here on the show today. In addition to my exclusive interview from last week with the Raw Women's Champion herself, Becky Lynch, talking about Survivor Series at that point coming up that weekend. Um, but not even about Survivor Series, but her current beef with Charlotte Flair, her current run on Raw, going into WrestleMania 38, and so much more. She was awesome. Uh, Becky was one of those like last big names from WWE I haven't had the chance to talk to yet, so I'm glad we were able to make that happen going into the pay-per-view uh, this past weekend, and she was great. So you're going to hear that exclusive interview in addition to my conversation with Mr. Marceau. But before any of that, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday, holiday or, uh, holiday or not, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Like I said, Thanksgiving or not, we are always here on Thursdays for you fine folks. With that being said, enjoy my exclusive interview with the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham, G.S. and Matthews here with BleachReport.com. And ahead of Survivor Series this coming Sunday, November 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Today we're talking to the man herself, the Raw Women's Champion, representing Monday nights this coming Sunday, Becky Lynch. Becky, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining me. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And no better time with Survivor Series on Sunday. Obviously, you and Charlotte Flair battled the champions. Uh, anyone who has followed your career knows of the history between you and Charlotte. Many battles in the past. What's going to make this matchup different on Sunday from the many matches you guys have had in years past? Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a renewed disdain for each other. I think that's what's going to make it different. I think... Before, there was always tension, and now it just feels like 
like a different level. Like there was mm-hmm. something boiling under the surface for a long time um, that was going to come to a head. And maybe people didn't see what happened. People didn't see what happened. Some people saw what happened. <laughs> Obviously, the, the, the whole world didn't see what happened. And, uh, and, and, and it, was, it was heated. And we all know that it was heated. And there's many different versions of the story that are out there. Um, but, but now it's, it's one of those things where I don't know. I don't know how Sunday's going to go. I mm-hmm. don't know. And, um, and I think the audience doesn't know how it's going to go. I know that there's going to be a lot of animosity and a lot of spice from both sides. And, uh, and, and we're going to be out there trying to prove something and to, to the whole world and to ourselves. Yeah, I think that's what makes this match exciting, too, because obviously any match you guys have had over the last couple of years, five, six years, dating back to NXT has always been great. But like you said, there's a different layer of animosity going into this match on Sunday. You mentioned it right there. You've talked about it before, the, the heated altercation, stuff like that. Would you call that like the turning point in your guys' relationship? Or like you said, the tension has always been there. But when would you pinpoint the exact turning point was in that relationship between you and Charlotte Flair? Um, I would say, well, going back, I would say it was, uh, it was SummerSlam, mm-hmm. but even, even before then, I think, I think she saw the writing on the wall that, um, that SummerSlam was going to be, was going to be a contentious event and that whatever happened, whatever happened, I was on the rise. I was mm-hmm. getting hotter and hotter and hotter and people were, um, supporting me more and more and it was going to push me into a different stratosphere which it has and uh and, and and she wasn't about that she didn't like it and she could she could feel it and then the friendship dynamic was going to change because no longer was she going to be the the star in this friendship i was going to be the biggest star in the industry and that's not that's not what she was brought up to believe she she was brought up to believe that it is her birthright no matter what it doesn't matter if she didn't grow up obsessing about this. It doesn't matter if she left her home at 15 to go in search of, of, of this thing that she loves. No, she was born into this business, so she deserves to be a star. She deserves to have everything just thrown at her feet. And when I was coming up, even though, even though I was there for her, happy for her, whenever she got all of her successes, all of her opportunities, um, it, it, it couldn't be reciprocated because that wasn't the dynamic that she was accustomed to. She was a star. She couldn't handle it when my uh, when my stuff went went through the roof. Yeah, and obviously a lot has changed. And you're talking about SummerSlam 2018, right? Not the most recent SummerSlam where you came back. Uh, I'm talking about yeah, 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 2018. Okay, okay. I was just getting a little confused because I know you just came back at this SummerSlam too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot has changed over the last yeah, couple yeah. of years. Many, you know? many SummerSlams. <laughs> a lot of SummerSlams that you've been a part of. Survivor Series too. Um, and, and just talking about that, I mean, obviously you guys have been friends on screen, foes on screen, behind the scenes, stuff like that for, for years now. Is that a bridge you'd be open to being rebuilt at some point down the road? Or is it, you'd think there's no chance of that with where you guys are in your you know respective careers and who you are as people, so on and so forth? Uh, I don't look honestly... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think um, I think there'd be a lot that would need to to be talked about, and a lot that would need to be discussed. And uh, honestly, I don't think we could be in this business anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like once while we're while we're in this 
in this industry, uh, she's going to be jealous of me and I'm not going to like the way that she does business. So, um, so, so I don't, I don't, I, I don't know that, that it can be repaired while we're, while we're both, while we're both still wrestling. Yeah. And just so it happens as it right now, you're on raw, she's on SmackDown. This is the only event for the foreseeable future. You guys will be on the same show. So that's going to be make up. Uh, that's going to make that match on Sunday that much more exciting. But speaking of that match, I, what I love about the buildup to this match on Sunday is that it feels so reminiscent of a lot of the storylines that we've seen you a part of on WWE TV in recent years, but specifically the Ronda match from WrestleMania 35, where not only what we're seeing on screen, but the back and forth on social media too. It's fantastic, specifically with your banter and responding to stuff that she said and uh, the gender backlash or whatever she was talking about the interview a few days ago. Can you talk a little bit about that and adding a different layer to what we've seen on TV with what you've been able to do on social media as well? Cause it's been fantastic. Um, sorry. What was the question there? <laughs> sorry about that. Just adding like an extra layer to the bad blood between you and Charlotte on screen with what we've seen on social media as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we have we have a live microphone on us twenty four seven, and sometimes it can be used for for bad, and then sometimes it can be used to hype something and show more disdain um, when when we're we're coming to to uh, a big match. And so I I ironically hate social media. I mm-hmm. think it's stupid, but I think it has um, I think it has a purpose and that purpose uh, can be used to to for our work. You know, I don't think people need to see me brushing my teeth in the morning, but um, but I think people can know how I feel about an opponent and, and, and my stories going forward there. No, it's awesome. And uh, I think the extra, like you said, social media definitely has its pros and cons, but you have a lot of fans on social media that follow what you do. So it definitely, it definitely goes both ways. Um, But with that being said, you kind of mentioned it there, but how has your approach to Twitter changed during your time on top specifically? Because you've had a lot of back and forth with, you know, various top stars and it's added to the stuff that we've seen on screen. Um, Have you, do you hate Twitter even more now than you did two years ago? I mean, obviously you were off Twitter for a while while you took time off uh, being a mother and whatnot. How has your approach to Twitter and social media changed in the last couple of years or so? So actually, so you made a good point about how, um, about how you can interact with fans and how fans can follow you. And I think that's awesome. That is great. And so, um, but, but, but one thing that I think that we see with social media is um, like, look, I, I like to use it for wrestling purposes and to further storyline. Um, I think there's just so much for, for people's mental health. I think it's, I think it, I think it can be bad. I think mm-hmm. it can be detrimental. I think people compare themselves to each other i think it gives people um an outlet to be constantly angry about things and i don't think that's good for the world right so so that's that's just that's that's rebecca quinn's philosophy on social media um is that sometimes it can be detrimental to the world it can also be detrimental to um to entertainment because sometimes we don't wait to see what's going to happen in say a show or whatever we're already telling the world how bad it is. Yeah, no, the most, first scene, you know? yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what no, I mean? We're like, we, yeah. you don't watch a movie and go, well, this scene makes no sense. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm turning this off. You know, you wait to see what happens at the end of the movie so that the whole the whole movie makes sense, you know. And, and so I think sometimes I think social media can be can be detrimental and can also be great. It can also, um, you know, like Bad Hamlets, they, they liked me and it, 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 it sent me forward. But, you know, I think, I think, go, I think now that I look at everything from, from the eyes of being a parent, it, it's worrying, you know, because I think people growing up and there's likes and there's dislikes and, and, and or there's not dislikes, but there's likes and, uh, and, 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 and comparing themselves to to other people and constantly 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 and mm-hmm. i think that can be bad for for young people and growing up in their mindset on the world so anyway that's i could, I could talk about this stuff for hours and i would go in circles and i would go back and forth and whatever um and it wouldn't make a very interesting in- interview which it probably <laughs> isn't right now so I, I apologize no 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 it most definitely is and i think it's super timely too especially like there's a lot of mental health talk going on now even more probably now more than ever so i love that you brought that up and i think a lot of people can take a lot away from that uh positively speaking which is cool but totally unrelated but you mentioned movies and stuff like that and i was going to ask you a little bit later on but while you're on the subject you know we've seen you in certain shows you're on that uh billion show the hbo show a couple of years ago which was great to see uh, what are your current acting aspirations beyond the ring if you get more opportunities getting stuff like that um any aspirations of doing more beyond wrestling in the acting world at some point yeah look performance is that's that's what i studied in college it's what i got my degree in Mm -hmm. um it's what i love i and and specifically i I studied theater which is what i adore it's a it's a it's a hidden passion of mine and uh we're currently in new york and if if time would have allowed i would have loved to have gone and see some shows um (laughs) so so performance is what i always want to do and um, and there's a few there's a few things coming up and um, happening that that I'm excited about and um, they get moved around and stuff. So we just we'll, we'll 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 take it as it comes. We'll we'll let we'll let that all uh, reveal itself in time. I think everyone was convinced on Twitter that you were part of the most recent uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever taping or whatever. <laughs> they saw someone that looked like you on set, which was crazy. Yeah, which was crazy uh, until you saw that she actually didn't look anything like me, but she did have braids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. She was dressed in black and she had braids. So I don't yeah. think redheaded, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, most definitely. It, it, are you a Marvel fan at all? Is that something that you would like to see at some point, being a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I know Rollin, I know, you know, Seth, your husband has, you know, uh, shown interest in uh, Marvel characters and, you know, uh, you know, with the outfits on screen and whatever. I think it'd be a perfect fit for the MCU at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I'm a big Marvel fan, um, and uh, so we'll we'll just we'll see we'll see what happens there. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Well, on an unrelated note, going forward, a friend of mine, Juliana, she wanted to know. She's a big uh, big fan of yours, and she wanted to know how you've been balancing being a mother and a wrestler over the last couple of months since being back at SummerSlam. Been wild, man. Um, I uh, balancing it quite well, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I. Uh, I bring her everywhere with me, which um, is sometimes both exhausting but extremely rewarding. Like even now, I've, I I I'm on on my way to do another interview, so I left her, and and uh, and and it's 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 always so hard to leave leave her. So and the fact that I can bring her everywhere with me is is awesome, and I'm so lucky that I'm able to do that. It often means means less sleep, but but 
as long as she's getting enough sleep, that's fine. That's why I have coffee. Um, and now I'm drinking more coffee and it's great because I love coffee. So I'll take any excuse. Um, but yeah, no, I find it, I find it way more rewarding. I find that, um, that also I don't let the small stuff fester as long because, you know, instead of thinking about, oh, well, this didn't go right or I wanted this to be better. He's looking at me going, ma, 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 ma. And, 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 and it's the best thing in the world. And it's fantastic to see too. You do such a great job of it. Like you said, balancing it out. And it's not like your work on screen has suffered at all. You're obviously still killing it, doing some of the best work of your career right now. So with that being said, since you've been back in the last three months, is there any one, you know, performance match promo segment that you've been most proud of in the last three months since you've been back? Um, um, well, gosh, I think um, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually really proud of all the matches I've had since mm-hmm. coming back. Um, mostly because because um, hell, I hadn't wrestled in a year and a half, and I I, I, I thought they've all been been quite good. Um, and uh, and you know, there's there's always that doubt, that insecurity. Have I lost a step? Um, uh, all these girls are amazing they're super athletes am I going to be able to keep up and uh and and you know I, I was working real hard when I was gone but still you know being in front of a crowd um and 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 with people that you haven't worked with before it's, it's a different kettle of fish so um uh I'm, I'm I'm real proud of all the matches that I have and I think I'm I'm most proud of the promo I did on um on on monday because there was a lot going on there and uh and i wanted to bring the audience on a ride and and i i believe that i did that yeah definitely sold people on the pay-per-view i'll tell you that much but um yeah most definitely every match that you've had since you've been back has been unique and in a different way working with a variety of opponents like you said fresh faces now live formerly bianca uh someone else wanted to know as well the bianca feud overall your thoughts on it how it kind of turned out because the matches were great the story was really well crafted kind of felt like with the last match you guys had the door was open for maybe future matches down the road maybe at wrestlemania i just want to get your thoughts on how now that we're in the rear view of it your thoughts on the bianca story overall um i was trying to get away from her man i was trying to get away from her i wanted to beat her and then not let her near me until maybe 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 i'd be generous enough to let her let her step in the ring with big time back to wrestlemania and then uh and then and then give her a title shot and i think that would have been spectacular because because i think the audience would have really 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 wanted to see her then the bejesus out of me and then i beat her um and make them go home very unhappy um but 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 we can always get back there like you said there's um the door is always open like she's an incredible athlete and original um and and once we once uh once i i beat up Liv morgan here in a little bit once i beat up charlotte flair once i beat up the entire rest of the roster Let's see how she's doing then. And, uh, and, and, and maybe the door will be open at WrestleMania. 
Yeah, we're still a couple of months away. Tickets just went on sale actually this past week for WrestleMania 38. And, and the answer, obviously, most of the time is as far as who your ideal opponent is for the show, whoever the champion is. But you're the current Raw Women's Champion. We anticipate you being the champion through the next couple of months. Do you have a name in mind for someone that you would love to face on a WrestleMania stage for WrestleMania 38? I mean, look, God, there's such a wealth of talent, mm-hmm. especially on the on the Raw roster. Uh, a lot of a lot of young, new, hungry talent. I I could just go through. I could go through the list of everyone. But we have Liv Morgan, who's building momentum. Whose momentum I'm going to crush here in a little bit. But we have Liv Morgan, who's building momentum. We have uh, we have Bianca Belair, who like we have seen is fantastic a fantastic athlete but of course can't outsmart me you know i'm big time back uh we have rhea ripley a powerhouse we have tegan knox who we haven't seen very much of since since coming to raw and um recently so we have a lot of people and then of course there's always is ronda rousey going to be chomping at the bit to get back now that she sees what i've accomplished Maybe she's going to want to try and accomplish the same. Maybe she's going to want to try get retribution on that loss at WrestleMania at 35. The, the, the same loss that's caused me to be champion ever since. So maybe there's just, there's a lot of options. Maybe Bailey will come back. Maybe Oscar will come back. Um, I, I could go on and on. I think, I think for me, I'm pretty exciting. Possibilities are endless. And Becky, last question for you before I let you go. You know, talking about all the stuff that you've accomplished, main eventing WrestleMania 35, main eventing Survivor Series even two years ago and everything else in between. What do you see being next for the women's evolution? What would you like to see next for the women's division in WWE? Consistency. Like, so what I'm excited about is that we're going to get to a point where it's no longer... Where, where it's no longer the first this, the first that, because mm-hmm. it's, we've done it all and we're just consistently killing the game, um, which is where we're getting to. And um, even Helen Cell this year had more women's matches than to pick up on it because, of course, there was just so many good women's stories, you know? And so, so I just, I'm excited for that to continue. To where the point where gender isn't the issue. Maybe, maybe sometimes there's only going to be one men's match on on a Raw or whatever. But it just doesn't matter. We're just telling great stories and we're having great matches. Yeah, lot to look forward to. But before then, obviously, Survivor Series on Sunday, November 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Peacock. People can check it out there. Uh, Becky, you're going to be facing Charlotte Flair, Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, Clash of the Champions. It's going to be awesome. Becky, this has been so much fun. I appreciate your time here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Becky for the time. She was phenomenal. You can check out that interview in article form as well over on Bleacher Report. Went live last Friday in addition to the audio over on my YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe for the interviews that go there live first. They go live on the YouTube channel first before hitting the show more often than not here on WrestleRant Radio the following week. Uh, we got Xavier Woods coming up. I don't know if it's this week. It's probably next week at this point that we're putting it up. So uh, maybe here on the show next week, but definitely on YouTube or whatever on Bleacher Report, either by early next week or late next week. I forget which, but keep an eye out for that as well. So on that note, let's welcome in RJ at this time to talk all things Survivor Series. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? 
Doing well, GSM. Fucking fresh as a daisy from Sunday. <laughs> I was gonna, re- I was gonna ask you how you're recovering. It's been a couple days. You had some time to recuperate. You had more so than Alexis and I. You had a very long travel day from Sunday to Monday. If you want to recap real quickly. Oh, I left my house at noon. Got to GSM's house around three because he was doing work. So <laughs> I, I did stop at Mickey D's and uh, sat in the parking lot and watched football on my phone for like thirty minutes, and then uh, got to GSM's and then. We fucking went to Alexis's, took the train from, what was it, 4.30? Um, 4.30 p.m., yep. So 4.30, yep, and then took the two-hour train to, to Barclays. It was great. Two hours. And we thought it was uh, we thought it was an hour. I, I thought it was 30 minutes, but... <laughs> 30 my minutes. Calculations, my calculations were a smidge off, so then we got to Grand Central around like 6-ish, I think, and then we took the 30-minute tr- train to uh, Barclays, so it was already like a seven-hour fucking travel day for me. <laughs> And then we went to Survivor Series and get over to like almost midnight. And then, you know, I didn't get home till we didn't walk into GSM's front door until 420. So <laughs> it was a, a long day to say the least. Was it worth it? Oh, easily. I got to acknowledge the Tribal Chief. Got to acknowledge the Tribal Chief, go out to your first Survivor Series, and find out the mystery of the uh, hidden uh, the, the mystery egg or whatever the hell it was. So excited. So excited. It was uh, quite the... Quite the night. I was going to say eventful night, but uh, you know, not really much of note happened. But it was a fun show as far as the matches are concerned. We're going to be breaking it down here today. Another on-site report. I feel like, are you all wrestled out at this point, Mr. Marceau? Like, we went to Dynamite about a month. Like, literally in the last month alone. You specifically. I've been to some other shows as well, but <laughs> let's recap this here for a second. October 28th. No, the 27th is when we went to Dynamite in Boston. Tickets that for a show that we had dating back to early 2020. We went to that in Boston. Letter probably what five days later you went to Raw in Providence, and then mm-hmm. three weeks later you went to Survivor Series in Brooklyn. So you are all over the Northeast, my friend, right now. Oh, I am. I'm all Northeast out for right now. <laughs> I was going to say probably no more shows until at least second quarter of 2022. At least <laughs> need like, to recharge batteries a little bit. Yeah, I got to recharge the batteries a little bit. I, I love me some wrestling shows, but I'm all done for for quite a while. Um, we'll be going to Brooklyn anytime soon. I, I'm not going. I was in Brooklyn the day before we went to Survivor Series because I had to go to the interview thing, and uh, I was not. I mean, listen, it was well worth it, but I'm like, I got to go to. I literally went to Brooklyn, was there all day on Saturday, got some quick Mickey D's, came back, and then left like the next day with you guys to go. <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good on New York in general for quite a while. Um, but like I said, it was well worth the trip, though. It was a good time. Our, all of our first Survivor Series show. Um, you know, some high expectations among certain people, bragging rights. That's basically what it was, right? Bragging rights 2021. I mean, that's what the show was basically. Yeah, it was basically bragging rights. Yeah, it was basically bragging rights. That's all that was on the line. <laughs> exactly. Not a single title change. There were no title matches at all. It was all Raw versus SmackDown matches. No major moments, really. Just some good matches and some matches that were uh, just kind of decent. So we'll get into it. But before the show even started, they had a pop-up Peacock uh, tattoo parlor airbrush tattoo parlor in the arena all three of us got tattoos how's your tattoo holding up right now it's it, it came off last night in the shower it came off so did you purposely scrub it off yes wow you got the man right yeah i did well because after i got home on monday morning i showered and it like basically came not off but it was like pretty like pretty worn at that point so i was like might as well just just get the rid of the rest of it at this point <laughs> Did you tell your parents? You're like, hey, look, I have a tattoo. Yeah, they're like, they said it looks so fake. I'm like, it is. What? Yep. 
My mom thought it was real. <laughs> Did she? I swear to God, I go, hey, look what we got last night. And she, like, looks at it, like, with this disgusted look. And she goes, oh. I go, mom, it's not real. She goes, oh, I was going to say. I'm like, does it look real to you? Like, <laughs> it looks like I drew it on with a Sharpie, dude. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. So on the pre-show, we had the United States champion versus the Intercontinental champion, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest. Pretty good match here, and we were all wondering why this was on the kickoff until the finish came about, and then I'm like, okay, that, I guess that makes sense. Uh, bad finish here with uh, Priest getting himself DQ'd, attacking Nakamura and Rick Boogs with Boogs' uh, guitar. So Priest gets DQ'd, gets a lot of boos on the way out, despite coming out to a lot of cheers because he is from the New York area. Uh, I, I know what they're going for with the whole devil and angel thing, but I'm not a big fan of it personally. The match I thought was good. I just thought it had a really bad finish. I thought it was good. I mean, I feel like out of the two, I would say Priest was probably treated as more of the heel anyways. I mean, they're both faces at the time. So, I mean, the finish was what it was. I mean, SmackDown got a win. So, I mean, that's a positive, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if I love or hate the angel and the devil kind of thing with him, but, I mean, it's different. I mean, I just when you go to these events or this specific show and you have, like, faces facing off and heels facing off, it's like, I mean, someone's going to have to lose. So I guess it's like a little, he kind of did like his little heel thing there, but I don't know. It was what it was. It was a fine match. The ending was pretty underwhelming, but. Uh, it was great seeing Nakamura, though. I love his entrance. Rick Boogs, did you acknowledge the uh, Boogs entrance as well? Boogs is all right. I, I mean, he's still growing on me, but I guess he adds a little bit to the to the act. Was the last time that you heard Nakamura's music in, in person was when we were at the Rumble three years ago? Probably, right? Because he turned heel right after that, so it must have been. Yeah, probably. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. And then he won the Rumble, then it was all downhill after that. Then he beat AJ and won the title? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing to think that was almost four years ago at this point. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I I liked the match, but it was weird because it wasn't like a, a solid heel turn for Priest, and he didn't turn heel before this either. But he had a match the next night with Sami Zayn where he was completely the babyface. So I just don't understand what... I, I understand what they're doing with the whole angel-devil thing. My problem with it, though, is that I feel like people are going to get confused and not know whether to cheer or boo him. So he's just going to become the, this character that no one cares about. Yeah, I feel like they might be a little strong. I guess he could be like a tweener, and like sometimes, depending on what goes on, he like kind of has more of an aggressive side. So, I mean, I don't hate it, but it is what it is. I mean, I feel like Shinsuke was more over anyway, so if you're going to have someone do more of a heely thing, Priest is the one to do it. No, that makes sense. I just don't want to see any momentum that Priest has built up to, up to this point. Like, we've been praising Priest a lot, you know, over the last couple of months. I just don't want to see him ruin, not him specifically, but have them ruin any goodwill he has built up in 2021. So, we'll see where they go with it. Um, like I said, he's not a full-blown heel, so that was the weird thing. Like, oh, he turned heel, but then in the next night's Raw, he showed no signs of that. So, I guess it is a tweener thing. I don't know. I, I didn't really think there was anything wrong with what Priest was doing before with the Archer of Infamy stuff and the song. Why change something? Why fix something that's not broken? But, you know, we'll see what they do with it going forward. The actual opening to the show, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch taking on the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair in a match that I think was supposed to be the main event. Um, they reported right before the show, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful did that this was supposed to be the main event before they switched at the last second. And uh, probably because of the finish, the main event ended in, in a clean fashion. This one did not. So it's probably why they did that. Um, but I would have had no problem with this being the main event. I thought this was a great match, and 
these two women work well together. We've seen the match a million times. But all the talk of, uh, oh, how much do they actually hate each other? How are they going to shoot on each other? Which was obviously never going to happen. Um, but I think all the animosity they've built up in the interviews and the promos they did leading up to the show really added to the atmosphere of the match and maybe that much more invested in what they were doing. I thought it was a really good opener. No, I thought this was a great opener. I was kind of glad it was the opener. I think it was the one that we needed. Um, I mean, I wouldn't hate it if it, was, if, if it was the main event, but I don't know. I feel like it was the most talked about match, and starting off with a like a match definitely definitely worked for that uh, crowd. I mean, they were going bananas, and I don't blame them because this is the most intriguing match going into the show. Um, it was good stuff. I didn't hate the finish. Like, I feel like people, oh, it wasn't clean. Like, what do you expect's gonna happen? I mean, yeah, I feel like. And it's just like Charlotte tried to cheat, and then Becky cheated and beat her. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, people, oh, you know, the referee should, like, it's fucking wrestling, people. Come on. I mean, fuck. So I didn't have a problem with it. I thought the right person won, and I had no complaints. I thought the match itself was good, and it was a great way to start the show. I'm one of those people that didn't like the finish. and not. I mean, I think it was awful, but I just thought it was weird that, like you said, Charlotte tried to win cheating, referee caught it, but he didn't catch it when Becky, I don't know, but... Off-positioning, GSM. I know. I, I, th- I thought it could have been better executed. I know what they were going for. She beat her at her own game. I get it. I'm not saying she should have beaten her clean. Like, not every match is going to have a clean finish. This is, this is what happens when you do champion versus champion, but... I mean, it did ruin the match, though. I thought it was a great match, um, and that's about it for now, I guess. We're not going to go back to this anytime soon, so... Uh, no, I enjoy this so that Becky was the right winner here, Charlotte. I mean, they they both could have lost and it would have been fine, but you know, Becky winning I thought was the right call. And they had a great way to open the show. I'd, and, the, and the funny thing about that match, too, is that I, I would probably call this the match of the night. And the funny thing about it is that it was two heels. So, like, they were able to get people really invested in this story in a very short span of time without either woman really being a full-fledged babyface, which I think is really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Becky, even though she is heel, I mean, she's just so popular that it's one of those... And so is Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's a heel, too, but, like, they're so popular and such... They're the two biggest stars in the women's division anyway, so, like, people are going to cheer for them regardless. I mean, the whole Becky heel turn, like, clearly she is a heel, but I feel like even how great Bianca is as a face, I feel like people still cheer for Becky still. Like, they they all have, like a baby face that's so white meat and the crowd wants to see them win right now that they're going to cheer her over Becky. I mean, so I feel like even though they're both heels, they both got cheered as like at certain points as if they were baby face. So I, I, I think that's why it worked out just because they're so popular and it's, it's even Roman Reigns, like Roman Reigns is a heel, but like people still cheer him. It's, they're just such at that different stratosphere of being a star that even though they're baby faces or heels, they'll still get booed or cheered like respectfully. Yeah, I mean, it also just goes to the fact that, like you said, they're just two huge stars, two people that the fans will care about, you know, cheer or boo regardless. So um, I thought it was a great way to open the show. Would you have put this in the main event, or do you think they made the right choice in putting it as the opener? I think it was the perfect opener. I think if they, I think it would still have been hot in the main event, but, I mean, we were there for, like, five hours at that point, so the crowd was kind of sitting on their hands for the main event, so I'm kind of glad that they, they did it when they did. I was also, I think part of the finish that I didn't like, too, is that it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere, because I feel like Becky won, and the people were kind of like, like, oh, shit, like, she won, and then there was a pop afterward. I thought that was another thing that I would nitpick about it, but otherwise, I didn't really, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like I said, I didn't care for, I didn't mind the finish, so, I, I mean, regardless, I didn't care. Sure, sure, sure. 
Move on to Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for the men. Team Raw represented or consisting of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. Team SmackDown consisting of Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. Obviously, none of these matches have any stakes, so it's hard to care unless it's a good match. Now, this is an example of, we'll get to the women's match in a little while, that one wasn't as well wrestled or wasn't as exciting. I don't know if it's a lack of star power. I mean, there were a lot of stars in that match, so... I don't know, but just the people did not give a fuck. Also, it was later on in the show, so that didn't help either. But um, still, I thought this was an example of like it was a really well-worked match, and uh, it was still early on in the show, and the order of eliminations wasn't predictable. Like Woods was in there for a good while. Corbin was the first one gone. The first one eliminated for Raw, I think, was Owens. He got himself counted out. And then Bobby Lashley got counted out, as well as Drew McIntyre. I don't know, I thought the layout of this match was really well done, coming down to Rollins and Theory being in there for as long as he was was really cool, eliminating Sheamus. Um, you know, Jeff Hardy being the last one for SmackDown I thought was great. People were really fucking behind The guy could lift a finger and the place would go nuts. But, you know, he was in there doing his thing. Rollins, um, you know, ultimately eliminates him and wins for Team Raw. I thought the layout of this was great, and I thought it was uh, Maybe my second favorite match of the show, to be honest with you. I thought it was a really good match. But uh, what say you, Mr. Marceau? What were your thoughts on this? I thought it was a good match. Like I said, I think the layout was perfect. Um, with the with the five on five, I just, I just, it's it's tough to like not to not to get invested, but it's it's tough when it's like heels versus heels, babyface versus baby. It's just like it's very convoluted because it's like then at that point, it's just like which team do you want to win? Yeah, so. yeah. I feel like even back in the day, like they don't, they don't have to per se have stakes, but like there has to be a reason. Like, but I always go back to uh, Survivor Series 03, like Team Bishop versus Team Austin. Like it was a team of heels versus team of faces, and that's how it was. Like then you know who you're supposed to boo and who you're supposed to cheer for. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was a good, well wrestled match. Like you said, I thought Theory getting as long as he did and getting elimination was great. Um, uh, Rollins winning made sense. I mean, he's the number one contender. He said that he was going to lead the team to victory, so that made sense. And like you said, him beating Jeff was the perfect person on on SmackDown the beat, just because the crowd clearly was behind Jeff Hardy. I mean, yeah. he was the most over person in the match, so having him lose to Rollins just gave more heat to Rollins and made sense. So I thought it was good, and it was. I thought it. it I think just like you said, I think either the way of the the eliminations or the way that it was formatted. The crowd cared about this a thousand times more than the women's match. Yeah, no, they did. I'm, I, I, what do you would what would you attribute to that though? The fact that it happened later, or the fact that it just wasn't as exciting, a star power thing. What do you think the biggest reason for that was? It's tough. I think I just feel like not that they had the more. They just had more people. To, I feel like the men just had more people to care about. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Sasha and all of them are a big deal, but like. I don't know. I feel like they had like they already had their two biggest stars wrestle earlier in the night, so it's like at that point it's like, eh, and it's just like there's really no stakes. Like you said, they kind of had more in team fighting as well, which is annoying as shit. And I feel like people don't care about that, so maybe that was a little contributing to it. But yeah. I mean, also Raw. I mean, like no one really cares about Carmelo, Zelina Vega. Um, I mean, everyone loves Bianca. SmackDown had a little bit more to care about, but I just feel like then SmackDown also had more in-team fighting, and people are just like, who gives a shit? Yeah, no, that was definitely part of it, and the fact that, I don't know, just who it came down to as well, I mean, it can't always come down to one-on-one, but yeah, I thought the infighting really didn't help. Um, with Hardy, I mean, obviously Rollins, we know, has a, be- has a title match in his back pocket. 
With Hardy, do you think the fact that he was last and not Drew may mean that he might be next in line for a shot at Roman's title? I mean, I think it's possible. I think he's he's a good like good babyface challenger for Roman, just like another notch on the title reign. So I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I know they're doing Woods right now. They'll probably do that soon, if not a day one. But I think Hardy and Roman is too good of a program to not do at some point. And I hope they either do it a day one or I would save it for like the in between WrestleMania period between Rumble and the Saudi show in February or whatever it is. I just feel like uh, that's too good of a program to pass up and not do before WrestleMania. Next match on the show, 25-man dual branded battle royal in honor of The Rock, 25th anniversary, which was why there were 25 men in here. Uh, I, I took a, not a leak, but I went to go to the uh, merchandise stand at this point, so I missed the majority of the match, and I have yet to go back and watch it. So I want your thoughts on it, Mr. Marceau. From what I've seen, it was a pretty standard battle royal, dominant showing by Omos, uh, eliminated a majority of the people in there. Any thoughts on this thing? Oh, great match. Loved it. GSM <laughs> left me alone, so I got it all by myself. It was a good time. Wow. Uh, Burying me. Yeah, it, it was actually not bad. I mean, I didn't hate it. I mean, most of the guys in there were a bunch of losers, but um, I thought Ricochet getting as far as he did was great. And, uh, I mean, Omos winning was kind of, I mean, that's a shoo-in. If I was a bad man, I would have put a lot of money on uh, Omos. So what's the... You know, indicator for Omos here as far as did they push him on his own? Are they still involved in the tag team thing? They had a match with the Profits and Excellent on Raw, but like, where do we go from here with Omos? I think you just still got to keep him in a tag team. I mean, he's so green. I, I I would still just. I don't. I mean, I'm not looking for an Omos push anytime soon. So just keep doing what they're doing. He can win battle royals, but keep the single stuff on a minimal. I'm not looking forward to a singles push for him anytime soon either, but don't you think that holds down AJ Styles? I think the roles should be reversed as far as like what they were doing initially with him being the bodyguard for AJ and having him be limited in the ring. I know he's got to learn the ropes, but put him on the house shows. I feel like AJ feels really underutilized right now. Yeah, he does, but I mean, <clears throat> I think you could still have Styles maybe do more of a, a single stuff, but I, I, I would I would still keep Omos like, limited because he needs to be. Yeah, we're to go back to NXT if we're gonna be real. We're gonna be realistic here, but yeah, he never had a run in NXT. I think the thing, the problem with him was that he not got called up, but they started using him at the time where there were no house shows in the Thunderdome. Remember, he was the ninja for Akira Tozawa, and he was the bouncer for Raw Underground. Yes. Yeah, so they didn't have any, you know, chance to really season him up, and they didn't have any chance to like use him in NXT. So I'm not, yeah, you know. I don't think he needs a run on NXT, but he needs more time in developmental. That's what, you know, developmental's for anyway. That's what I, the last time I checked anyway. So I, I like almost, I like the pairing of him and AJ. I just feel like, you know, with AJ, I don't know if his contract's coming up or what's going on, but I feel like the last year of his career has been a complete and utter waste. And especially at a time where they need more stars too. Like him and Big E would be cool. Him and Damian Priest for the U.S. title would be cool. Uh, you could still do the almost push, but also push AJ, but we just haven't seen that lately, which is uh, disappointing. RK Bro versus the Usos Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Um, another quality match here, dude. RK Bro is so over. The Usos are great too, but RK Bro is really working right now. I think that goes without saying. Orton breaking the record for most WWE pay per view matches ever, which was awesome. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy this, and I really like the chemistry that Riddle and Riddle, uh, Randy and Riddle have together. No, I thought this was a great match. I mean, I think both teams are extremely over. I know you were walking back, but. Uh, during the entrances, but I mean, the Usos are extremely over. I don't know if it's more of a New Jersey, New York thing, but like they got like as almost as loud as the chairs and stuff as as RK Bro did. But they're great as well. So 
Um, great, well wrestled match. Can't complain there. Orton and Riddle, I feel like needed a little bit more, so them winning was good. And uh, I thought it was a great match. I mean, that's probably second or third favorite match of the night. Love the finish too with that RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not that it's lazy, but like he literally just like it's it's more of like a holy shit thing at first. But then when you rewatch again, he literally just like laid down. And the guy, the guy's doing the move to himself. He's just grabbing around his neck. So. I think it's a little over the people get a little too horny about the RKOs, but I thought it was fine. So, well, I think the idea was, well, we were there, so it was different, but, you know, like, if you watch it on TV, I don't think people expected him to be there because they the way yeah, they shot it, you maybe, know? Yeah, maybe that's, uh, I was there, so. So, I, I think because he was doing the splash to Riddle, so it's like, he, he still did the splash to Riddle, but Orton just caught him into the RKO. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll pull the reins back a little bit. <laughs> but usually, I agree with you, yes, they're basically doing it to themselves. Um, but I enjoyed the match, though. Five-on-five five women's elimination tag team match. Uh, team Raw, Team SmackDown, Raw consisting of Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. And on Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm. I didn't mind the layout for this one. SmackDown looked fucking moronic for blowing a 4-1 lead. What, what are they, the fucking Suns or something? Like, what, what's going on? Who, what was the team that blew, like, the 4-1, the 3-1 lead in the World Series or something? The Yankees did it. The Red Sox in 04. There you go. They're the fucking Yankees out there, and they're wearing blue. How how fucking fitting. So, and we're in New York, no less. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. I, I like the match. I thought it was well done. I did not think the the chance and the, the punk chance specifically was fucking dumb. But the wave wasn't, in my opinion, not justified. I'm not saying it was the most exciting match ever. And obviously, Team Raw ended up going over with Bianca as the sole survivor. Didn't have the greatest layout. Wasn't a great match. But I feel like it wasn't bad enough to the point where people started hijacking the show to the point that they did. I just didn't really... I felt like I feel like our new bottom bar, like the the low, is not low enough, if that makes any sense. I mean, I wouldn't use hijack. I feel like the reports on that were a little extreme. I mean, were people not caring? Yes, but like, oh, that AEW hijacked the show. Like, people chained punk like two times. Like, the wave and like the fucking yer. I died the yer, but I, mean, <laughs> I think the wave is more like... That's more like just like... No, uh, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. It's like a middle finger to the fan, the wrestlers. I know you're not interested, but like doing the wave is like literally just like saying, "Hey, we literally don't give two shits about this." And I mean, people complain that the women don't get pushed enough and all that stuff, but like if you're doing this during their matches, I mean, then do you, then why blame the company for not pushing them as much? Because clearly, you don't care if you're just gonna jack off while they're on when they're when they're wrestling. I mean. It just makes no sense. You can't complain at one hand, say, hey, they're not pushing the women enough. We need more women, yada, yada, yada. They have their biggest women besides Becky and Charlotte. Like, so Bianca's really popular. Sasha's really popular. I mean, Rhea Ripley's popular. I mean, you have other, pre- other people that are, have been champion or have been be- being pushed, and you're just sitting on your hands or jacking off the whole time and not paying attention. I mean, the, you're the problem at that point, so... I mean, I didn't do the wave. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not that big of an asshole. So, <laughs> I thought it was fine, and it is what it is. But I feel like people that complain that women don't get pushed and doing and doing the wave and all that shit during this is you're you're the you're the problem. Yeah, I know. Like, it's just I don't know. I don't really get it. I feel like if you want to see the women not shine, but just get more opportunities, then you would rally behind some of these women. Like, if people really cared about a Rhea or a Sheena or a Shotzi, they would have been into this thing. I'm not even saying like it's the greatest match ever, but like, I don't know, man. It was just weird. But did you notice how quickly people rose to their feet when Bianca and Sasha tagged in? Like you said, the easily the two biggest stars beyond Sasha, uh, beyond Charlotte and Becky. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, the match itself, was the match itself great? No, but they did, like you said, they did get on their feet for, for Sasha and Bianca. I mean, so that was nice to, to see. But I just still think, like, even when Rhea was in there at times, even Sasha at certain points, even Bianca, people were just sitting on their hands. I mean, I know Natalia's not the greatest, but, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it is what it is. But I, I thought it was a fine match. I think it probably did suffer from being later on in the show. Um, it is what it is. I just, I mean, I thought SmackDown looked, like you said, so dumb with the in-team fighting. They're up 3 or 4-1, and they lost just because Sasha was trying to, her and Shotzi had their little thing, and then she was pulling everyone else out. Then the heels turned on her, like, who cares? And then Bianca won. So, yeah. I mean, Bianca looked good getting the victory, but, like you said, I, I think SmackDown looked dumb, and the crowd just kind of, like, shit all over it. Yeah, SmackDown looked incredibly stupid, and I don't know, man. I just feel like you don't see, not to make this a company thing, but you don't see great women's matches in AEW all the time. But you, I don't think I've ever seen an AEW show where they hijacked, not hijacked it, but they, they started doing the wave. And there's been plenty of matches in that company where they should have started doing the wave. By this standard. I think it's just a different, it's a different, it's just different. I guess. Hey, why not just start chanting CM Punk? <laughs> it's just because it's different mindset, that's why. I mean, if you had, like, it's just, it, it, it's just, that is, it's just the different mentality there. I think when it comes to those shows, they think everything's great. And with these shows, they'll, they'll tell you what they don't like. Or they'll give it more of a. More of a built-in excuse is they're like, oh, you know, it was a good match. It could have been better, but it was still good. Like, I don't know. This wasn't bad. Like, this wasn't great, but it was still good. I know there's no stakes, but listen, there were no fucking stakes in the men's match either. People weren't doing the wave during that, so that, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I blame the fans, but that's just me. I, I Listen, I blame the company 90% of the time, <clears throat> but in this instance, I, I totally feel like this is a fan thing. I feel like if you really want to support the women, you would shut the fuck up and, like, even if you were quiet, like, dude, even if you were quiet and not doing anything, that at least shows the match isn't good. Starting the wave, I feel like, during a match like this where it's, like, not necessary, that to me is just fucking stupid, but that's my own two cents. And I had no issue with Bianca winning just because she had, she's coming off a lot of losses. Um, you know, I had Crown Jewel and SummerSlam, uh, Extreme Rules, so I had no issue with her winning here. But throughout the yeah, show, before we even... She needed to win. She needed to win bad. Yeah, she needed to win, so I had no issue with that. Um, but before we get to the main event, we'll talk about this real quick. The whole egg thing and the oh. rock appearance and uh, a lack of rock appearance, rather. They had the 25th anniversary rock vignettes. They never advertised them going into the show. They never touted this as a rock tribute show. They just kind of showed moments and whatever, and I don't know why they didn't ask them to do like a quick video. Maybe because people would have booed had they showed the video, and then they would have been pissed during the main event, because I think people were into the main event thinking that something was going to happen afterward. And it was a good match. It was a very good match, I thought. But I just feel like had they shown The Rock before this, then people would know The Rock's not showing up, and then they would have cared less during the main event. I honestly feel like that's why they didn't have The Rock contribute a video or whatever. I don't think he said no. I just feel like it was more a matter of they just didn't want to have to ask him to do it because they felt like it would have backfired. That's just my opinion. Um, no, I completely agree with you on that. If they had, if you, I know for a fact that they had a video of The Rock and then they had the main event, people would literally, boot, like, people would be pissed. So I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. And at the very end, the only time you would have expected him to show up was at the end of the show. And when he didn't show up, the show was over. So they're not going to start booing at that point because there's nothing to boo. There's The show's over. Yep. No, it was perfect. They did what they needed to do correctly. And the problem is, according to these reports from, um, I think it was Andrew Zarian or whatever, I, it was it was reported the other day that they were obligated to do the dumb egg thing, which I don't agree. I mean, listen, I know I know whatever, but 
They had to do the promotion for the movie. I just feel like the way they went about it with like, oh, who stole the egg was fucking stupid. I mean, surely you could have promoted the movie in a better way than they did. I mean, between this and the dumb zombie shit from, uh, what was that, Backlash or whatever, WrestleMania Backlash, their promotion for these movies makes me want to see these movies even less. Yeah, I mean, the promotion, I mean, it was fine for what it was. I think it was like a little over drama, like who stole the egg? Like, who really cares? But I mean, I try to tell you, GSM, at the end of the day, look at the bottom line, buddy. Made them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. Made them a lot of money. As a viewer, though, it sucked. Oh, yeah, as a viewer, it's terrible, but hey, fix their bottom line in a good way. So no, I, I, I know why they did it. I'm just saying the fact that they did it, though, I just, I, what for what it, I felt like you could have done a better job of it. I'm not saying don't what promote the movie. So what, so what would you have done instead? Not done a fucking egg hunt for a stupid egg and then have it continue on Raw. I felt like that was dumb. You could have done a quick skip backstage with people from the, uh, not from the movie, but like talking about it, even just doing a quick sit down with Vince and Roman talking about, you know, having it just there, just having it on the thing and just do one segment devoted to it to center the entire show around it. I thought was really stupid. And then it carried over into raw with a dumb payoff with Austin theory holding it or whatever. That was stupid too. So what if, what if the company said the, the movie company or Netflix said, Hey, you need to promote it for X amount of minutes. Then what do you do? I feel like what, they probably said you have to show X, for X amount of time. Was it dumb? Yes. I, I mean, I didn't think it was the worst thing they've ever done. So No, I don't was, think so. Whatever. It was, like I said, compared to the zombie thing, this was like fucking Citizen Kane, honestly. Yeah, no, I was really surprised that, uh, I don't know, I thought the overall show was fine. I just felt like people really latched onto the egg thing. It was like, oh, the egg thing was, I mean, listen, it wasn't good, but I don't know. I don't really feel like that was the biggest takeaway from the show was the stupid egg thing. No, it wasn't. I don't know, but people needed something to complain about, so that was that. Um, well, we talked about this before we went on the air, though, but what about The Rock? Were you disappointed he wasn't there? I mean, obviously it would have been cool if he was, but <clears throat> I felt like we never really you know, expected him to be there. I wasn't mad. I mean, I, I thought it would be cool if he was there, but I wasn't mad per se. I thing is, I think I saw you, you comment on this, and I completely agree. If they're not actually going to do anything with him and Roman in the near future, then don't tease us. Because at that point, then that's everything everyone's going to want, and they're just going to shit on everything else. So if that's not in the near future, don't even tease it. It doesn't sound like it is either. It doesn't sound like they're doing it at WrestleMania. So why even bother teasing? Why even bother teasing at this point? Like you said. Um, but yeah, we'll get to the main event. Speaking of Roman Reigns, him and Big E, champion versus champion match. I thought this was a very good match. Universal champion versus the WWE champion. And, um, yeah, it wasn't like a, a star-studded classic by any means, but for what it was, I enjoyed it, and I thought uh, the clean finish was nice because they did a lot of dirty finishes earlier on in the show. No bullshit, no interference, no schmoz afterward, nothing. It was just a clean match and kind of, you know, took a while to get into, but once they started to pick up the pace, I thought it was a very quality main event. Can't complain here. I thought, it, like you said, it was good, not great, but... Uh... I think just like the crowd just wasn't really into it. I just think at the, the where the spot. I mean, it was late. I mean, it was, I was late, a, yeah. Let alone anyone else. So I uh, it was a good match. Clean finish was needed because, like you said, there was a lot of shenanigans all night. Roman winning was what what needed to happen. He's going to win anyway, so just have him go over clean. Um, Big E doesn't lose anything and keeps Roman strong. So I, I thought it was a good match, not great, but I was glad there was no interference. Though I thought this would be riddled with like New Day and Uso interference. Yep. But I thought that was actually a positive. So that was a good match. Good way to end the show. Um, so I can't complain. But I thought they started off hot and then it kind of teetered off by the end. But I thought, like you said, it was a good show overall. 
can't complain. I thought they did a good job of starting strong and ending strong as well. I agree as well. Just like you said, I think it started off hot and it ended with what what needed to be at the end. So yeah, I liked how it made Biggie look credible in defeat. Like it wasn't you know a one sided match. Roman wins. What would you say to the people that are calling Roman stale at this point? It's the same thing. Do you feel like the end should be near for his title reign? Or what are your thoughts on the Tribal Chief? I know you got to acknowledge him and we're happy about that. But overall, though, what would you say about the current run of Roman Reigns as we near the end of 2021? People are saying he's stale? Yes, that is a... I mean, I understand it, though. I, I get why people would say that. I don't agree with it, per se. But people are starting to say, oh, Roman wins. LOL. What's next? I, I, I get why people would... I don't necessarily agree, but I can understand it, though. Don't suck it the fuck up. <laughs> He's the, the biggest star in the company. Business right now, you're fucking complaining stale. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You guys are fickle as fuck. I can't with that. <laughs> oh my, he's stale. Are you kidding me? Okay, let's get fucking. Wait till you. I just no. I'm not even gonna get in this rabbit hole. People are complaining about Rowan Reigns need to grow up. <laughs> I can't. Is he or is he not the best thing going in the company right now? He's the best thing going in the business. Doesn't even <laughs> give me company. He's the best thing going in the business right now. And you're going to complain that he's stale. <laughs> you're, the same people that complain that he's stale will be the same people complaining if he loses the belt and be like, oh, what about Roman? <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> Just like the same people used to complain about Drew being champion. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone's like fucking chanting their ass out. They want Drew to win the belt. Drew wins the belt. Oh, when's Drew going to lose the belt? Can't be both ways, people. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Here's another question, though. But the, for the people that like that hate the Roman, not hate the Roman thing, but they don't find it exciting. It's the same shit every week. Who do you even have him lose it to? Is it exactly? Brock? Then they would complain about Brock, though. I would complain about Brock. I don't want Brock. To, I love Brock, but I don't want Brock being champion for the upteenth time. I don't want Brock. No, to, I'd rather I, have I him be Roman. Too, but I don't want him being Roman. So no. then, who would they have him be? You know what I'm saying? There isn't really anyone right now that I. <laughs> no. It's that that. If That's anything, the problem. Like, the only, like, I don't know, criticism is I just don't think they really have anyone right now built up to, that I want to see him lose the belt to. Yeah, I just don't get it, dude. Like, who do you have him lose the belt to? I don't know. <laughs> like, there's no, I, you're laughing, but I just feel like this has been a problem in the past. Like, there's just so middle card heavy that there really isn't, like, anyone, like, Right away, I'm like, oh, I want them to beat Roman. Oh, like, I know. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. No that's a WWE problem. Incredible enough to beat them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's. I mean, listen, WWE's had a year to build someone up, and they failed to. So I, I don't know if they always expected it to be Drew, and it probably will be Drew. And I, 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 don't, I would rather honestly take Drew over Brock, just because Drew is at least a full time guy. There should be someone else though, like a Big E, if he wasn't already champion, or a Damian, or someone like that. And they just they have done a terrible job of building up someone to that level. So. That is absolutely the problem, but um, that's a WWE issue, and hopefully they could solve it going forward. But um, Survivor Series was a fun time, Mr. Marceau. I'm glad we were able to go. I'm glad you were able to make the trip. I appreciate you for that, despite we got back, despite getting back at 4.30 in the morning on Monday morning. No, it was a great time. I loved, loved it, and now that I know Roman's stale, I'm going to stop acknowledging him. So, uh, <laughs> I love that was the first time you've heard of that. I thought you would have seen that by now. Nah, I don't follow enough marks to hear that. <laughs> I look forward to doing this again, breaking it down on, on Thanksgiving next year as well as we hopefully go to Survivor Series in Boston. Can't wait. Look forward to it. Next time we're crashing into the Marceau compound. Doors open. <laughs> look forward to Mr. Marceau. Have an awesome and enjoy your Thanksgiving, brother, and I'll catch your ass down the road. See you later, man. See you, dude.